Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Delora. I see you every time. Every time I say that, I think of the love boat. I don't know what it is about the way I say your name sometimes. The love boat. Delora. (laughs) Anyway, how are you doing today, girl? I'm doing well. I'm excited for a recap. Yes, me too, girl. Going back to Wakanda because we are recapping Black Panther Wakanda Forever released theatrically November 11th, 2022. And we talked about it as soon as it was available to stream on Mm -hmm. Disney Plus. A little bit of a long runtime, almost three hours, but hey, we made it through, right? It was a journey. Director, the Ryan Coogler. Mm -hmm. Quick summary. The Wakandans fight to protect the nation from intervening powers following King T'Challa's death. Cast. Letitia Wright as Princess Shuri. Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda. Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia. Danae Guerrera as Okoye. Tenoch Huerta as Namor. Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams. Winston Duke as M'Baku. Mabel Kadena as Namora, Alex Livanali as Atuma, Michaela Cole as Anika, and Martin Freeman as Agent Ross. Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, 84% critic score, 94% audience score, and 84% of Google users gave this a thumbs up. Delora, what is your grade for Black Panther for Wakanda? forever uh, well grading this was a bit difficult considering two things so now that I've seen it in the theaters and then again at home I have I felt like some of my hype has calmed down a little bit because I was super super hyped when it came out I'd say I'll give this film a B And here's why. I felt like the performances were phenomenal. Yes. Shout out Angela Bassett. Shout out Danai as Okoye. Um, And Shuri. I mean, she's had some really emotional parts in the film. I just wasn't in love with the story. I think they did an amazing job considering they had to rewrite the whole entire thing. Yes. Um, But I think it was just hard for me to love because it was so much sadness, real life sadness associated with it for me to be like completely in love with it. If that makes any sense. Like I think um, 
that's the only reason why it's not giving getting like an a plus 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 like Mm -hmm. the turmoil between two people of color is always hard to watch and i i understand what they did with the story but i don't know i'm interested to seeing what the third one is gonna look like but visually stunning shout out to the production design shout out to the costumes um i'm still hype over namor and his people and their outfits and looks and everything fire 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 and again angela bassett angela bassett yeah you guys should definitely check out the assembled making of black panther wakanda forever on disney plus if you haven't watched it because you do get to understand so much more about even how Ruth Carter sourced a lot of those pieces that were used in the breakdown of everything for the costuming. And then Hannah also talking about the production design and taking you through some of those sets. I mean, it was phenomenal. And, and we love behind I the scenes. love so. about what they've done too. And I want to also express it. Like I appreciate the work, the history. Mm-hmm that they like they brought in a whole whole nother culture into this world um and even though yes it's fictional the the fact that they were able to draw from real life what mesoamerican societies and their Mm -hmm. culture was just beautiful 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 and so appreciated absolutely what about you ashley it is an a for me i was so so on top of going to see this as soon as it dropped. If anyone has been listening for a little bit, my cousin's wedding was this same day. And I and my family, I got tickets for us to go to the very first showing of the day so that we could still make it to see Black Panther Wakanda forever and make it to the wedding. So I found a theater that was close enough to the resort we were staying at and we went and it was an experience. And I think to your point, there was a lot of sadness and grief. We didn't know what we were going to get back into with the passing in real life of Chatwick and then them deciding to also kill T'Challa. But I think given all the factors that were against them, they did such a beautiful job to me of still honoring Chatwick honoring T'Challa and still bringing the level of entertainment that Mm. we are expecting Mm. from a Marvel feature. And to your point, now bringing in Namor and this whole underwater world was thrilling. Obviously, he upset me, but it was thrilling to have this new opportunity and this new culture to kind of get to know and understand. And for deep, deep comic book heads, I know they were excited as well because Namor goes back to the early days of the comics. He's before Aquaman. Like, that's how old Namor is. Or and he's Namor also... is also, the technical term, but, you know. Also credited as being, like, the first mutant within yes. the yes. the universe. So... Yep. I'm sure it was thrilling for them, but just for me as a casual, not even casual. I mean, I watch all of, we both watch all I mean, the Marvel features. We know more than the average bear, for sure. <laughs> but not being deep, deep in it, I was still thrilled by it. And to your point, performances, Angela Bassett gives me goosebumps every time I see the scene about yes. have I not given everything. And Rihanna at the end just hits me with that one-two combo of emotion. <laughs> 
<laughs> when she starts singing Lift Me Up. So it was beautiful. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I appreciate the fact that they stuck with this through production delays and through the obstacles to turn out a project that I hope they are super proud of. So yes, yes, yes. Congrats, guys. Congrats. All right. Spoiler alert as we get into the good, good of the film, because we are going back to Wakanda. Unfortunately, as alluded to in the summary, and as we just spoke about, Wakanda is mourning the loss of their king, King T'Challa, due to illness. Delora, we talked prior to the film on the pod about our reactions to the trailer, but how did you feel in theaters re-entering this world? And what were your thoughts on how they handled the King's passing? So going into the theaters, watching it the first time, I had no idea how they were going to handle it. I mean, I was under, I had the understanding that, yes, T'Challa is dead as well, like within this world. (sighs) When they hit me with that silent Marvel opening, I was like, y'all, yo, this is wrong. Y'all want me in puddles before the <laughs> movie even start. I'm getting emotional thinking about it I because it is such a beautiful tribute mm-hmm. to him and what he's done to the character. I mentioned this in um, a past podcast. One of my hidden gems is the Wakanda Forever podcast uh, hosted by uh, Tallahassee Coates. And his first episode was with Ryan Coogler and they, they, he said he is Black Panther. Like Chadwick did the research and, and brought so many elements to the character by himself. And then when he was able to have that movie, his standalone movie, that knowledge was expanded you know what i mean and he educated ryan of what he knew mm. and so and he's also the be- first you definitely yes it's something special about being the first to embody these characters yes and so that that tribute was gorgeous in the beginning and the fact that it was silent oh lord i think when it comes to black funerals or homegoings is different probably with african-american culture here in the united states versus african culture but the threat line to me was that we always try to make it a bit of a celebration to a certain extent mm-hmm. and so i felt that even though it was so sad and i know in real life yeah chadwick is really gone I enjoyed the fact that it felt there was still some levity to it because they wore white because yes. there was the the dancing in the streets yes. and all of that. So I just wondered how you felt they kind of handled the funeral aspect of things. So two things. So the first being, yes, I love the fact that they wore white. And again, the way Angela Bassett is able to embody queen of Wakanda, like she was so regal, mm-hmm. you know, and beautiful in that scene. And Sherry was acting her behind off in that um, scene as well. I'm not going to lie, Ashley. I am a part of the camp of people who wish that they didn't kill off T'Challa. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we needed to have T'Challa in Black Panther 2. 
meaning immediately recast. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that either, but I I kind of wish they didn't kill him off because when you have an iconic character, you get a chance to have three Spider-Mans in the span of 10 years. You know what I mean? You're able to have five Batmans in the mm-hmm. span of 20 years. Like, so... I didn't I didn't want T'Challa to die. Gotcha. I am the, also in the camp where I hope that they do recast. I can understand why this was too soon. I can understand that given that this was still all the same people from the first production mm-hmm. in terms of staff, director, actors, all of that, it would have probably been way too much. And for them as well as probably for us as viewers to take it in seeing someone else maybe step into it with all these same familiar faces but I definitely hope that this isn't the end of T'Challa's journey I just think in whatever if this is only two movies Ryan does or three movies that in the next iteration of Black Panther we definitely see that character brought back but I think they honored it in the best way that they could given the circumstances the only thing I had a question about on my second watch was why Shuri making the synthetic heart-shaped herb would have been a cure for his illness given that he already had his Black Panther abilities which I thought was the point of taking the heart-shaped herb that I was like I don't think I noted that so I was just curious maybe the heart-shaped herb does more than we were made aware of like in the first movie and maybe there's more history on it in the comics Mm -hmm. but but I definitely I was like I probably need to like research that a little bit look at somebody's YouTube or something because I was just a little bit lost this time on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so with the absence of the king Wakanda's global outreach centers are under attack by other countries seeking their vibranium We recall from the first film that King T'Challa had opened these centers and Wakanda's resources to the rest of the world, which also unfortunately invited these issues. I love the scene with Queen Queen Ramonda that we get at the UN taking these other countries to task. How realistic did you feel this was in terms of the response that Wakanda in any country would receive to such valuable resource? Oh, I think it's absolutely realistic. I mean, <laughs> I mean, is it new that a country wants to pillage a resource from another country country they think they can take advantage of and, you know, and lie about it in public public facing situations? I was yep. like, "Ooh, it's the audacity for me." Wakanda has been withholding their resources while y'all out here trying to steal it from under our noses? When they brought those soldiers in and put them on display, I said, oh my God. France, I heard and read in real life, was none too happy with this portrayal. <laughs> I mean, let's, I mean, what did they do to Haiti? Like, what are we Oof. fucking... Mm. Is, is that a little too heavy? I'm sorry. Nah, yeah. nah, you speak, you speak it. You speak it on the mic. But I will just say that I absolutely, I'm surprised it wasn't America. Like we do have alluding to it with the CIA and FBI and SEALs involvement. But I'm like, oh, that's, America would be sending people every day 
to try to get vibranium. I guarantee it. If something like this really existed, like the scene where Julie Liz Dreyfus, when Agent Ross said, imagine what we would do if we were the only country in the world that had vibranium. She was like, I have dreams about it. I was like, that's that's real. That's facts. Because we would absolutely be the first to be trying to get our hands on it. No doubt in my mind. In an effort to source vibranium outside of Wakanda, as I mentioned, America, of course, went searching the Atlantic Ocean and were met with a pretty terrifying defense from a new civilization we're introduced to in the sequel who are blue and live underwater. The leader of these underwater people, Namor, surprises the Queen and Shuri on the one-year anniversary of the King's death with an impromptu appearance in Wakanda to give them an ultimatum on helping to stop the mining of vibranium, which these underwater people also have. I mean, Namor was covered in it. Yeah. They want the Wakandans to kidnap the American scientists who created the machine that detects vibranium and serve the scientists to Namor on a platter or else. Delora, this intro to this new group and to Namor was intense. Very. What were your impressions? two things one when i was in the theaters i was like is this a horror movie like what is going on that scene in the ocean definitely felt like a horror movie didn't it yes 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 especially with like the 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 siren call or whatever they want to call it oh and that was my favorite <laughs> okay we we've talked about this in the past when it comes to like you know mermaid lore and like i love the idea of sirens and they had like that intoxicating Girl. you know song to get you know sailors jumping off the freaking ship i was like yo Girl, who terrifying. are these people <laughs> right? who are these people and then you thought they were only in the water and the lady thought she was gonna be scot-free in the helicopter and it's like nope 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 we got somebody with wings Lake Bell. Man, I was like, Lake, you was like, I'll be in this Marvel movie if y'all want me to, but you die very quickly. <laughs> I was not, a, I was expecting her to at least get away, you know? I know. I thought that her call to whoever she was making to say this isn't the Wakandans was going to help because it started to annoy me that everything was being put on Wakanda. Like, yes, did y'all not get that, that message? Too. From yep. your good sis before she passed, that hey, this is not Wakanda, they're blue. Yep. It was terrifying, but thrilling at the same time. Cause it was like, what is happening? What does this mean when Namor said, We have more soldiers than you have blades of grass? Yeah. I was thrilled and terrified. I was like, What does this mean? And for you know Wakanda. It's always fascinating when you're used to being number one and now you're faced with competition or someone right on the same plane as you you know it's like how do you how do you navigate that mm -hmm. and the introduction was our defenses did not stop you from entering our lands and we didn't even detect you and you had people with you yeah. How is this even possible? So it was like, dum dum dum. What are we about to do, Wakanda? So, young, gifted, and black, the American scientist 
is 19-year-old college student Riri Williams. Okoye and Shuri's plans to bring Riri back to Wakanda after having a chat with her go off the rails, first due to the FBI, then Namor's crew. Why did Namor's crew intervene after that previous chat that he had just had with Shuri and Queen Ramonda? Why did they still come? Why didn't they let them finish the assignment? They wanted to eliminate the threat. I mean, they were definitely single-minded for sure. Shuri offering to go with these underwater people to save Riri's life. What did you think about that decision? I thought it was a wise one for a young leader. And I'm very mean, diplomatic. Very diplomatic. You know, I don't know if I would have been able to come up with that type of solution on my toes like that, but you know, very brave too. You don't know I these was people. impressed, <laughs> right? And speaking of it being diplomatic, it's like you know, hoping that they you know, agree to the laws of engagement. You know what I mean? Like, Don't just kill you immediately. Respect my position. Respect that I'm coming to your king, you know, king to queen to speak. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was was interesting for sure. They were really letting Shuri step up to the plate a lot very early on to me with this decision too, because Shuri was such a, I don't want to say she was, she was never a background player necessarily in the first one because she did so much with technology and all of that. And their weapons, yes. Involvement with Wakanda. But in terms of your point, leadership and showing that Shuri is maturing in certain ways to be a force, um, more so like on her own in Wakanda that's what this show for me because it was also such bravery in the moment to be like to protect her life I'm gonna go into the complete unknown I don't know anything about these people we just met Namor so now I'm about to go to his underwater kingdom that takes a level of bravery that you know definitely shows that a lot of wisdom maturity that she's developed over the course of the events that have happened so i definitely saw it as a big character arc feature for her he did offer their alliance in the first time the meeting you know what i mean so that was that an alliance or an ultimatum though that was was a straight version of offering an alliance sure (laughs) so i feel like that thread was what made her at least consider it you know what i mean that's a good point she thought hey maybe at least he's open to discussion and negotiation right we'd never seen a koye lose a fight till that bridge fight with one of namor's warriors atuma it was fire though i (laughs) i loved her in that spear were you worried that this was an enemy even Wakanda couldn't defend against? Of course. I mean, you're talking about a people who also have vibrating vibranium. When we thought the Wakandas were the only people to have it, mm-hmm. their leader is able to, you know, stink up on them <laughs> undetected. And their warriors are badass they can fight in land and sea 
and you know what I mean? it's very hard to kill them kill because them. when she thought she had taken three down they somehow they were like freaking Came zombies back. and snapped back and we're back i'm like what is happening i was like then i was like oh it's over we're dead wakanda yeah. we're, we're gone <laughs> i don't know how we're gonna defeat them right but i i want to ask you because i was devastated in this scene did you feel for okoye when the queen stripped her of her rank and service in the dora milaje absolutely i was devastated i was devastated i want to be okoye when i grow up like so yes i was devastated (gasps) oh my goodness when the queen took it and i'm not gonna lie i did forget that she did follow killmonger you know what i mean um reluctantly and briefly though i and that's where my thoughts were but yes uh queen ramonda was like "Uh, uh-uh, i have lost everything and this is what i'm not going to forget she I said can... i had to run to the jabari for help because you were over here and your dusty husband oh oh back in the wrong king i could understand her anger in the moment for sure but I also just rewatched the first one. So to, to the point of loyalty, when it was all said and done and we she finds out T'Challa isn't dead and now we about to have to battle her against her husband. And he says, would you, would you kill me, my love, for Wakanda without question? Yeah. So Okoye is down for the cause. And so it she just, is. it broke my, she's so talented she's such such a badass it yes. this is her purpose in life and when you strip a person of their purpose that tear that look on her face girl when she gave up that sphere i was like yo yo i felt it it was a powerful moment both those actresses playing off of each other again yes. that line from angela bassett is the most powerful line in the film for me it Absolutely. was a moment absolutely side note i gotta say i was so disappointed that the mysterious character that julia lewis dreyfus has been playing in several marvel projects now was a cia director and the ex-wife of agent ross i'm like this is all y'all got that's it i mean unless she's you know a double agent or something i'm hoping so (laughs) comic book people let me know i'm hoping so i'm like Y'all can't tell me she's been popping up in scenes on she's gonna be Black part of Widow the, the, and the everything else and stuff, right? I don't know. You know more than me at this point. I was just like, are we serious? Y'all just gonna have her being Agent Ross's ex and just coming onto a crime scene after everything? I was expecting a lot more from that character, but I do hope there's more. Cause you know, I, I love, love that habit. <laughs> you love you said what? I love that habit. Who's who's a hobbit? the colonizer not the co- agent ross yes. oh because he was a hobbit from the lords of the rings yes. i see fire oh my I goodness said. got it got if y'all it. know you know if you know you know that's that Sorry. Answer, so. i don't remember anybody at this point but like elijah wood and the dude who played what's his name Ian. i don't know their character names but he he was rudy the dude who played rudy those are only two I remember now. <laughs> Samuel. Yeah. Those are only two faces I really remember now from those movies. All right. So Namor and Shuri do actually bond during her time in his underwater kingdom of Talakan. 
tells her his origin story and shows her the kingdom. First human, first surface human who's ever been allowed to see it. I remember having hope my first watch for just a minute. Like, okay, they're going to have a relationship that unites the kingdoms. But then on my second watch, I have to be honest, I just felt like Namor was another killmonger. (laughs) Never willing to compromise and trying to strong arm Wakanda into a world war. What did you think? So... In my first watching, you know, I was drooling over Namor. (laughs) His intensity. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Protect your people. (laughs) But then in my second watch, I kept coming to the same question. Can you be the good guy and strike first? Because that's essentially what he was proposing. He was asking Wakanda to join in alliance with him as he aggressively fight against anybody who's trying to get to, you know, the vibranium that will impact his people. Like he was fiercely protective of his people and he didn't care about one life. He was like, it doesn't matter. We've been exposed. We need to eliminate the threat. And so with that, his his intensity was off-putting. And I did think that it would have been nice to have some type of romantic alliance, but he is a god who's been around for a very long time and he's very focused on his goals. And um, he don't need nobody like that. <laughs> I guess if you've been around since the 16th century, the world might harden you just a little bit. But just and if you think about it, all the times he's seen the world, it has been at, at its worst. It's right? been violent. It's been violent encounters for sure. And obviously he knew also that his mother had to flee. She had to flee. Her and her people had to flee the surface world due to the atrocities that were going on at the time. Um, with colonization and slavery and disease. So I, just like with Killmonger, understand elements of his character, but it doesn't mean that I agree with him or feel that his way is the right way, right? Right. So that's the dilemma I face in both the original Black Panther film and in the second one. To your point, both men that they chose for these anti-heroes are quite attractive. So that's another facet. What what, what literary calls uh, morally gray, right? (laughs) Characters. So Nakia, who has been away for six years and is headmistress wow. at a school in Haiti, is enlisted How did by they the pro- queen. Pronounce it Haiti, like the Haiti, Haiti, pro- Hi- something like that. <laughs> She's enlisted by the queen, who makes a personal visit, by the way, which is major. <laughs> To pull out her old spy tricks to track down and rescue Shuri. I'm so glad that I actually rewatched the first movie and then watched the second one because I remember when I came into the second movie, I didn't remember 
Nakia was a, a spy, spy and all of that. Like, I was like, oh, that's right. She was on a mission to start the movie. And also she helped with getting the heart-shaped herb. Like she was so instrumental mm-hmm. in that first movie with those tactics. So it made total sense that they would have her on this huge rescue mission to recover the princess, right? Mm-hmm. Success though, in this rescue mission also meant war for Wakanda. And the rest of the film plays out essentially as that. It's a battle between Wakanda and Telecon. I want to highlight to um, Lapita's, Lapita's character, she had the opportunity to speak Spanish, which in interviews she said that she was super excited about considering, she, you know, she's a, what, Mexican-Nigerian, that's her nationality. And so the fact that she was able to do it in the film, she was she was thrilled and I loved it. I loved that for her. I'm also hella impressed with all of the swimming and underwater yes. work that all of these actors yes. did to all prep of them. for these scenes. Yes. That was, again, something that came up in the assembled documentary as well. Um, Brian talking about the fact that they had to get a lot of the actors comfortable in water. And Lupita was like, I did bare basic swimming for all of my life but this took you know this became very intensive and so just a shout out because i'm definitely somebody who i think that would have been video of the weights underwater so that was the first time i saw it and i didn't realize until i saw that 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 was such a big element for a lot of them because you know you're in this tank you have to spend and ryan was right in there with them i was like that's a director for you he's like i'm gonna do i'm gonna be down under this water submerged looking in this lens making sure everything looks good Black folks, for black folks us in water can be a can be tough well namor didn't know how to swim he the had actor. to learn how, yeah he had to learn for the film he ended up saying though he loved it like he loved yes. doing the underwater work it really and he had to be one of the most comfortable right because this is supposed to be his environment his element so you have to look like you're not holding your breath and struggling you have to look like this is the most natural environment that you've ever existed in so yes. definitely shout out to the entire cast who had to do all these underwater scenes you guys phenomenal work The rest of the film, as I mentioned, is a battle. And the biggest casualty is Queen Ramonda, who is drowned during an attack. This death was so hard to swallow in the theaters. I remember there was a kid behind me who said something like, oh, the queen has to die. And I remember turning around like, who is this kid? So then when she actually died, I was like, oh, no. How could y'all do this to us? I wasn't expecting anyone from Wakanda to die because we lost T'Challa and in real life Chadwick. So I was just shocked. How did you feel when this went down in the theater? This is part of what I was saying in terms of the storytelling that I did not enjoy because I just, did we have to use death as a, you know, story device to move this story forward? Like I, I feel like, I didn't feel like we needed another death. I didn't. It was so hard. I know Angela Bassett even said she pushed back on this when she first found out about it. Like, oh, I think they've had enough. I don't think they need this. And I, well, I felt that. Especially for the morally gray character of Namor, him being responsible for it. It's like, how can we come back to that from that? You know what I mean? He will never come back from that. And that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. So that's why I was just like, 
that could have there could have been another way I didn't I didn't agree with that choice that I didn't agree with that choice I think they felt it was necessary for again the arc of Shuri her character arc who you know she was already reeling from it's the loss of her of brother it, she lost she's her lost father. everyone she she's, lost her brother as she far as she her. knows she has no family left no one and honestly Mbaku became an honorary brother in some ways but yeah she has no one yeah and she also have now has to assume the throne so not only have you lost your whole family and are trying to process that grief you also now have the responsibility of stepping into full leadership for Wakanda she's understandably angry and hardened did you I feel like I know your answer because you've we've been talking about it now for a minute but did you hope that Wakanda would have mercy for them or revenge for who name for Talakon yeah <laughs> I mean at this rate it's revenge it's on site why wouldn't it be? <laughs> when this dude had the audacity to still be flying there when they were mourning her and trying to revive her and said she did this bury your dead your queen now I was so angry in the theater I was like he has to die right now. Shoot him where he's saying. <laughs> Throw a spear. Kill this man. You've taken too much. You've taken way too I much because they killed they one person in his kingdom. One. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say that was Queen Ramonda's decision. That was obviously a mistake um, because... I mean, I don't blame her. She told Nakia, bring my daughter home by any means necessary, but to be on enemy's ground, your daughter is held, not necessarily as a prisoner, but you still kill somebody that just feel like a slap in the face. I just hate that Queen Ramonda ended up being collateral damage for this back and forth. It was devastating. And I don't, I think that... Namor is responsible for all of the events that happen after the bridge incident. That's how I personally felt because you didn't even give Wakanda a chance to fulfill the side of this supposed alliance you were trying. You created the initial issue that caused the catalyst of all the rest of those events. Yeah, I can see that. That's a good point. That's how I personally felt about it. I don't think Queen Ramonda was in the wrong. She doesn't know you. You came and threatened her in her country. All she wanted to do was get her daughter back. Even Nakia tried not to shoot the chick holding Shuri Austin. She's like, I do not want to have to kill you, ma'am. Let her go. And yet you come back with no regard for the for children, the elderly, anybody who lives in that kingdom. He was definitely a zero to 60 real quick. When I tell sure. you, I wanted him dead so bad. I wanted him to die so bad. And I know that sounds wild. We're talking about characters in a movie. But I was so upset. I felt like he just took way too much. Way too much. You can't get away with that, sir. But anyway, Shuri picks up the mantle of the Black Panther after successfully recreating a synthetic version of the heart-shaped herb. Did you enjoy the Killmonger cameo during her visit to the ancestral plane? So in the theaters, I had a feeling that he was going to show up. I just didn't know how or when or why. I thought it was smart that he showed up considering what he represents, you know, vengeance, mm. rage, 
by any means necessary. Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. I enjoyed it just because I thought he looked good. I was like, oh, death suits you. You're looking great. <laughs> His hair grew out. Listen. He looking all cozy in that white sweater. He like looked it, He looked it good, girl. He looked it good. So I enjoyed that cameo when I saw him. Did you have any predictions before the film about who was going to pick up the mantle of Black Panther? I was 90% sure it was going to be Shuri, but I was also open to literally anyone, like especially uh, Nikita and Baku did cross my mind. Although Black Panther is usually known for like agility and jumping and, you know, his thick thighs won't let him be great in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had no doubt it was Shuri. Especially after we saw in the trailer the physicality of the character and the actor who was going to well, take it over. I also knew, like I said, I was I was leaving about 10% open just for movie magic. But in the comics, Shuri has had the Black Panther mm-hmm. mantle. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a far-fetched, you know, idea. Stretch, right. Despite besting Namor in a final bloody battle... Shuri shows mercy and spares his life, thinking beyond herself and not trying to create a raging war that probably would never end. Because that's really the advice that M'Baku imparted on her and was probably quite correct. And I think she was right in her decision. But Delora, I still want justice. Like, I'm still not, I'm not over it. (laughs) I agree with her decision, but I'm still personally not over it. I think that the way that they've kind of left it off with everything that Namor and his people have done, always pointing a target back at Wakanda is definitely a factor that is super unresolved and be interesting to see what they decide to do with that moving forward if they do do a third feature. We end on a prison break for Agent Ross, who had been helping Wakanda throughout the film, and the huge reveal in that initial end credit scene that T'Challa and Nakia have a son in Haiti. Why was Shuri the last to know? That's a great question because the grandma knew, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, for it to be on the low low, you would think his own sister would have some, you know, some idea. I don't know. I, I'm not in love with the idea of them having a secret baby. Like, because it was so unclear that they were were they together at the end of black panther one like i don't i think they the, were they was the light well i guess so that's true but i don't know it just makes me sad all over again oh <laughs> now that I, I think about it i think that shuri was last to know because i think shuri was unable to connect with people in the same way after t'challa's passing so i when i watched it again i was like oh nakia was trying to get in touch with her when she was in the lab and even her mom started to tell her something before Namor showed yes. up. So I was like, I think there's been attempts probably to reveal that news to her and she just hadn't been open enough. So I feel yeah, like they closed true. it with her yeah. finally coming to terms with her grief and also probably now being open enough and, and ready to accept this news. And also as someone who's now thought she had no family, it's beautiful that now she finds yeah. out that she has this nephew and has that family connection again. How'd you feel overall as we wrap the film? Highly anticipated. 
It was a joy to watch. I'm just so proud of them. I mean, this is, they have made a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the fact that, you know, to be young, gifted and black, Ryan Coogler having $2 billion movies in his resume is just like, oh, it's phenomenal. And it makes me so proud. Like I'm, I'm just so happy for him. And you know, the the blood, sweat, and tears that they put in this movie for the culture. Yes. It is so felt. It is so appreciated. And I just, I'm so glad it exists. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We, I mean, you can go back to our past conversations. We were so hyped for this movie. Yes. And and it did not dis- it did not disappoint at all. So well thank said, you, Delora. thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's a part of the who who's a part of these films. It means so much. It it means so much. Very well said. We're gonna leave it right there because that was beautiful. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> Guys, that is our recap for Black Panther. Wakanda forever. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you love the film. If you have not watched it for a second, third, fourth time, what are you waiting for? It is on Disney Plus. I always love, especially now that we do this podcast and we rewatch projects. There's so much you don't realize you miss when you only watch something one One. time. Yeah. So definitely go back and give this some love and support and rewatch it again and again because it is excellent. And rewatch the first one too. The yes. first one is still really phenomenal, good. baby. And shout out to Namor and his folks with their own hand signs. Yes. I was like, oh, look at that. Yes. And I saw, it still um, makes me emotional sometimes when I think about the video I saw of the young man who was so emotional about the fact that his people were getting yes. representation in this film. That was beautiful and moving. Yes. And so, yes. you know, the representation of these films and seeing our people and people of color on the big screen in these roles is something that will never get old for me. Never. All right, Delora, what you got for hidden gems for the people? Thank you, Ashley. I have three hidden gems this week. So the first one is a brand new sitcom available on ABC. ABC. It is starring Gina Rodriguez, who is sometime problematic. Let's keep it 1000. Mm. But I cannot get over Jane the Virgin. So therefore, I'm going to see what she is doing. And she's in this new sitcom called Not Dead Yet. Please... A broke, newly single, self-described disaster who manages to get a job back at a newspaper that she wrote at. And she writes obituaries and the people she's writing about visit her Mm. in their ghostly forms until it's kind of like until she writes their obituary, it's unfinished business. And then, you know, each episode is a featured obit and it was fun to see cc yeah <laughs> from new girl absolutely uh, hannah simone in 
the show and um it's one of those traditional sitcoms it's giving like pushing daisy it's giving what the bitch in uh apartment 23 like it's it's in that vein um, i think they're doing a good job hiding her pregnancy because i didn't realize she was pregnant till i saw yes, an interview yes, yes. i was like oh oh okay good job guys so something light you know a 25 minute show network television can't go wrong not dead yet my next two hidden gems are novels so since it's black history month i thought it'd be nice to highlight black authors and they're also black women so the first one is a regency novel everybody wants to compare it to bridgerton i mean it's similar sure because it's in that same age but it's like Bridgerton the show in that the main characters are black and brown and you know and same same drama that goes in Regency romance books it's called Aphrodite and the Duke a novel it's written by JJ McAvoy uh it came out last year August 23 2022 is it my favorite Regency book no but i love the fact that black people were you know are in it and the most beautiful girl or the diamond of the first water is a black girl i I just love that and her lead is a is a brown skinned man it was it was fun it was fun and uh, a little sexy and very melodramatic but (laughs) that's what you expect out of these novels and again written by a young black woman who just turned 30 so shout out to her yeah check it out aphrodite and the duke the second novel also black woman but i've talked about her before i'm talking about tilia hibbert she wrote my favorite series the brown sister series with get a life chloe brown take a hint danny brown and actor age eve brown she wrote a ya rom-com uh, so it's not nearly as sexy and heated as those other three, but it, it features a full size black girl with colorful braids and a handsome young black man. And it's cute because it's like enemies to lovers and they're high schoolers. It's called Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute. The other reason why I wanted to highlight this novel is it's a part of uh this imprint called joy revolution books and this imprint belongs to nicola young we know her as a ya author she's the one that wrote everything 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 is also a star the sun is also a star her and her husband are the um owners of this imprint and i'm just like more black girl magic so wanted to highlight black folks in february and it's also around valentine's day so got some romance for you so love it love it what about you ashley 
All right. My first hidden gem for this week is Truth Be Told on Apple TV+. Plus. This was actually a suggestion from Crystal to Neil Irby from Them Black Mamas Podcast. Shout out to her. We appreciate you. And we definitely will have Crystal on for a recap soon, hopefully. Yes. I had seen this show on Apple TV Plus and I questioned if it was for me. The premise didn't seem like it was necessarily going to be my fave, but baby, when I tell y'all I stayed up till 5 a.m. from a Friday night into a Saturday morning binging this first season, hooked. I'm now all caught up in season three. The series stars Octavia Spencer as a journalist and podcaster, and each season of the show is a new season of her pod and focuses on true crime events. The first season is a murder case that she was heavily involved in. So, so, so good. Second season stars Kate Hudson. Also, third season is now also starring Gabrielle Union. Definitely, definitely check this out, guys. My second hit gem Harlem, we recapped season one. So I just wanted to give a shout out to season two, which has started on Amazon Prime. Go take a listen to that season one recap if you haven't yet. But the ladies are back. Camille, Ty, Angie, and Quinn. Four episodes out currently. We pick right back up with the ladies in both life and love from season one. So definitely check it out. My third hidden gem, On Purpose, Jay Shetty's podcast. It's not hidden because it is the number one health and wellness podcast in the world, but I am so into Jay Shetty right now. Thank you, Instagram. I have been seeing his posts for a while, but was just looking for a new podcast to kind of add to my list of ones I like to listen to weekly and decided to listen to a few of his episodes. I listened to the one with Lauren London. I listened to the one with the one race car driver, I'm blanking on his name, Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton, which I didn't even know much about Lewis Hamilton. So I really enjoyed that episode. But he drops two episodes a week. He drops one usually with a guest and then kind of one with him discussing something in particular. And I just, I freaking love this podcast. I also downloaded his audiobook today for his new book, Eight Rules of Love. So, you know, I guess I'm sipping the Jay Shetty Kool-Aid right now. I used to like Jay Shetty. Uh-oh. I was a huge fan of his. I used to follow him on Instagram, but I felt like he kind of got too commercial for me. I can see in, that. He's now of, about to launch a agency and all these things. I could see that. Him pushing product, products and things like that. I just... I didn't feel comfortable with that after a while. Like, mm. I'm like, did he go Hollywood? I, don't I think know. he's. I think he's pretty Hollywood, probably, uh, given but, his stature. But that's that's me. That is me. Um, but I've definitely enjoyed like his messages and things like that. But like, when again with me following him, it was like, okay, product, 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 product. I'm like. Mm-mm. And like all your friends are like Justin Bieber and (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. I think for me, I'm in such a space with like my mental health and with positivity and messaging and all that. And he's a bright light for me in those ways. So I take the positive messages where I can. That's why I gravitate now to people like him and Tabitha Brown and Debbie Brown and just, you know, folks who I feel like just send out great messages and also help me to feel like, you know, I'm on 
a great path and journey just for myself. So I'll take what I need from Jay, I guess is no, the point of me saying that. I, I get that. I get that. No, and I know no human is perfect and I don't expect perfection from any of and them. And I don't either. I don't either. Um, but with you bringing him up again, I will consider. I will consider. <laughs> well, I'll let you know once I finish this book as well. Because like I said, this is now my second audio book that I'm going to be uh, listening to. So we'll see how that goes. My last Hidden Gem, guys, is the great soul food cook-off on HBO Max. I watched this show with the fam over the weekend, and I got really into it. I love a good competition show, and centering it on soul food made me really hungry. But also, I was just hella impressed with what these chefs were able to prepare under the constraints they had for the show, you know, whipping up these meals, trying to fix chitlins in 45 minutes, which I would not have eaten undercooked chitlins. I will say that. Excuse me? Yeah, but I thought it was such a good competition. I loved some of the menus that folks came up with. I enjoyed who got crowned winner. I won't spoil that, but I will say that it was a very good season. And I, I need to find some of these chefs to enjoy some meals in person. So I need to see if I have access to any of them or working in some restaurant somewhere I can go to because some of those dishes were amazing. One of the ladies and one of the judges uh, panel said that she made the best shrimp and grits he had ever had in his entire life. And I was like, oh my God, I got to eat these people's food. <laughs> so if you love soul food or you just love a great composition show, be sure to check that one out. It's on HBO Max. And that is it, guys. That's it. We're done talking for today. Hope you enjoyed this recap as well as our hidden gems. And we will be back with more. So in the meantime, Delora, thank you again for your health and for getting <laughs> back to a good place so we can continue on this podcasting journey together. Ashley, thank you for the time and space to heal <laughs> and your understanding. Of course, of and course. And Recap Nation, thank you all so much for hanging and rocking with us week after week. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Be blessed. Bye.